0: This is the Long in the Boot podcast, the podcast coming to you from the heel of the boot of Southwest Louisiana. I am your host, G Long, and across the way over there is Deb.
1: Hi, y'all.
0: <laughs> y'all.
1: Uh y'all. Y'all. It's that kind of day.
0: It is that kind of day. Well, we're, I'm going to adjust my microphone just a little bit. Sorry about that, kids.
1: Couldn't have done that like a half a second ago. Well,
0: it's it's been bothering me. I just couldn't take it anymore. So there. All right. I guess that's a little better. All right. I hope. I guess we'll I don't say. know.
1: I put up with a lot. So,
0: uh, yeah, well, we're putting up with all kinds of stuff right now, aren't we?
1: Yeah, we are. Seems like a broken record.
0: Yeah. Speaking of broken records, <laughs> uh, the uh, email for Long in the Boot is longintheboot at gmail.com. And the phone number is 337 9011
1: Ooh, you didn't even write that down. I guess you you're sharp
0: today. I I wouldn't go that far, uh, but uh, you know I can it's sharper than Biden.
1: <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm what sorry. Are you I'm about, sorry. I did baby? not. I didn't mean to start like right in on it. I'll just. We don't need to. We don't need to go there.
0: Don't make fun of Papa. <laughs>
1: we're not. We're not going to do that. We we're, and we're not going to make fun of the weather. I'm. I'm. Yeah. I, I know. give the weather yeah, all it's to. Huh.
0: Every time we do a podcast, there's like bad weather on the way. Is this on us? God, I got to hope not. I'm not stopping the podcast.
1: Wow. So, so if somebody. Yeah,
0: I guess y'all better hunker down every couple of weeks. Hmm.
1: Uh, maybe, <laughs> every maybe two weeks. <laughs> every, every, every other Sunday, people. Every yeah, other Sunday. It is, uh,
0: sun, the Sunday before Ooh. the Wednesday. See,
1: so yeah, it's still. <clears throat> yeah, I know we've been sick.
0: Well, I was, but I mean, I'm better. But I don't know, sinuses today are just yeah wrecked.
1: We got weather coming in. They're, they're um, afraid, and so we have an official name now, Nicholas. Nicholas, yes, Nicholas. Nicholas, and Nicholas will be a rain event. However, well, maybe. I just I just read the H word on a update. Now, when
0: this podcast goes out, we will we will know.
1: Yes, yes. So We don't know unless now. unless you just. Send it out like you did the last one. The well, last one you didn't wait till Wednesday. No, I just went ahead and put it we out. We had as soon a as pattern going. Yeah. And our audience expected it on a Wednesday. They had it. Well, it
0: was there on the Wednesday. Well,
1: yeah, but you just like shot it out there on a Monday or something. Well, I
0: didn't or think we'd have power, actually. I was worried we wouldn't have power on the Wednesday. <laughs> I'm, and
1: I'm concerned about that as well now. And
0: so this one may go out a little bit earlier. It, it may. It
1: may. But it will
0: be there Wednesday for sure.
1: If they have power.
0: If they have, time. if our well, local, their phones. our
1: local charge your phones, people. Well, they need to do that anyway. Everybody's got a checklist now. We all know. Yeah, um, and
0: by the way, the local weather people, um, certain.
1: Uh, yeah, the the immediate local weather people. What right. the hell? Just come on, really. You can just make a Facebook post. Every
0: weather site that I go to and weathermen that have I have been listen talking to about this have been talking every about several this hours
1: when we get an update. Right. And yeah. our
0: people are like. No, it's not a big deal.
1: Well, no, they, <laughs> or they, they don't say anything. the last post, like, you know, <clears throat> Friday night and well, stay tuned. Well, we, two days have gone by and you haven't said a word. <laughs> okay. Anyhow.
0: And yeah, I mean, come on, you you, you got it. One job, one job is <laughs> what you got.
1: But we're all kind of pros in the area. And I guess many of us are still, um, up. we, we prepared for IDA because we thought that might happen Well, i
0: I ate all my hurricane snacks well
1: we did eat that and we drank all the yeah (laughs) we drank all the liquor drank all the hurricane liquor we did we did all of that um yes we have to we had to stock up again right and the other checklist item mowing the yard i tried that yesterday and shit went bad (laughs) oil
0: everywhere yeah
1: we had an oil leak and uh so i got oil everywhere yeah smoke smoke uh, i got everything close up to the house gnashing of teeth but the areas that i really needed to get the ditches and the low-lying area where all of this rain that's coming in i don't know five to seven uh eight to ten Twelve to fifteen. I read thirty inches at Again, one point.
0: On Wednesday, we'll know.
1: <laughs> it's gonna be my yard and is not gonna drain. People are already drain. talking
0: about it. Uh, they better not cancel school early. And uh, some people are freaking out and because
1: last year uh, homecoming. Oh uh, yeah, homecoming south, is uh, this, happening this weekend. Yeah, and so, people are upset. Well, and, everything will just have to get postponed. <clears throat>
0: Yeah, I guess. Well, you
1: know, we should be used to postponing. We're pretty, pretty used to that happening yeah. now. Let's just postpone our life until the weather and the uh, virus allow us again. Well, that you know, speaking of the
0: virus, I just read that uh the UK is getting rid of all of its virus protocols. They're done. No, oh, they're just going to stop they, doing they're it. They're not even going to do the. Vaccine. Oh, I thought
1: I thought you were going to say they're getting rid of all their variants. No,
0: no, they, <laughs> they're just they, going to stop looking they're at not that. They use the vaccine passport. They're they're just done, but they've also vaccinated. Majority of their country as well. Oh,
1: how many times?
0: Uh, Just the just the two. (laughs) Just the ordinary. Yeah, just the regular. The regular
1: amount, no boosters.
0: And and their numbers have gone way way down. But for some reason, well, maybe
1: it's just cycled through. Maybe so. Yeah, I I don't know. We can hope. We can hope. I don't know. Hope and prayers and preparation. So, what's on the agenda for today? (laughs) Well, well, as we do, we talk.
0: Yes, we do that. We
1: talk. We we communicate quite a bit. And there was, you know, stories that we talk about and eventually – if we think they're worthy, we compile things, we, we research, and we, and we try to bring it to you, our listening audience, who is out there living your lives and doing things and
0: just putting sandbags down. And
1: maybe, maybe like sandbagging that. right now. Some poor lady who uh, was upset I yesterday. I head. did. Why? Why? You live here. Why would you do that? <laughs> just keep you your should, sandbags You should floor. know. Somebody just said on the school board page, uh, well, I don't know why they'd call school. It's just some rain.
0: Yeah, some rain.
1: Yeah, you see, I mean, everybody's yeah, like, some rain is okay. Just ignore him; he's not from here.
0: But when it all piles up, is <laughs> yeah, the problem. One time. <laughs>
1: we want to have parents and teachers at school till ten o'clock again, uh, trying to get kids home, and yeah, yeah,
0: let's do that. Parents
1: walking through, you know, foot deep water trying to get to their children.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah,
1: let's so, have a repeat of that.
0: So back to back. Yeah, to back topic to our du jour. topic.
1: Yeah, we haven't told you. We've been. It's a mystery.
0: Well, it won't be anymore. No, it's not. Okay. Um, we were. We both are. Yeah. I'm, this is a, a shock. I know, but I read. Yes, we've been re- <laughs> we've been reading some books. That's right. And I we talk read. about our books. Not proud. Not tired. I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm reading a reading a book about World War II, and and it's a, actually it's a. Trilogy, trilogy, a trilogy. Yeah, By a guy named my, they, Mine's
1: probably a trilogy too, but they just condensed it into one 500-page great migration. Tome. Yeah. Anyway, and
0: uh, but I was I was very impressed with uh, the wives of some of the famous people. Uh, yeah. In World War II, particularly George Patton, uh, his yes. his wife, because as a couple, I think they were perfectly matched. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, okay. So we'll get into that in just a second, because because their communication. that started us on this road
0: to. Well, I guess we're doing one for the ladies.
1: One for the ladies, okay? Because ladies are, you know, amazing.
0: Yeah, that's right. They they get. You know, times are changing. Ladies can do stuff now, and you're going to have to learn how to deal with that. That's right.
1: No, it's Anchor Man, Anchor Man, not Anchor Woman,
0: Anchor Lady.
1: (laughs) So, uh, and there was also another story that I thought connected to this that had to do with communication and male and female communication. I don't understand. Can you explain? (laughs) Yes, I can. I can actually explain, and that's (laughs) why you love me, Um, because you know communication really is kind of key to a healthy relationship and to how you interact with people. We we do lots of our podcasts actually on communicating
0: wait i'm sorry i wasn't listening
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah you were you're staring right at me people if you could see him he's looking at me um well apparently studies done uh and a study that was recently published in the journal of acoustic acoustical society of america because you knew they had to exist uh did a study on mumbling Yes, mumbling. Scientists at the Mumbler. Institute say that males who speak less clearly or mumble tend to be more attractive to the opposite sex because women, women, you see this as a sign of masculinity. Really? Yes. Sexual selection standpoint, men have, you know, more masculine traits, obviously, are going to be preferred by women. I mean, you don't want to have children with somebody so, who can't protect you. So women you. find
0: somebody who can't enunciate properly to be Yes, sexier.
1: apparently. Huh. I think, in, and I think it's oh, at that like a... that explains my problem. <laughs> <laughs> you speak too
0: clearly. That's it. I need to mumble more.
1: <laughs> well, it's a little late for you now, sir. You've been... Oh, yeah. You, you've been yeah. taken and beaten down and... True. no Yeah, so anybody's yeah. coming after you now, they can they come through me That's and I'm still spry.
0: Used goods. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm still spry enough to defend my, to defend my home ground.
0: <laughs> Mumbling.
1: Mumbling is that not odd?
0: It is kind of weird. And then they
1: started, you know, the the actors. Marlon Brando was actually nicknamed Mister Mumbler or Mister Mumbles, and Frank Sinatra called him that. Don huh. Corleone when he played when he played the oh, Godfather. He wanted to mumble more. Yeah, he put cotton in his mouth in order to do mm. it. Yeah, so that he could be less clear.
0: Look how they massacred my boy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So uh, Heath Ledger, Tom Hardy, um, of course, Dom in you know Fast and Furious, are Vin Diesel. Dom. The most masculine man on the planet.
0: Just ask him. He'll tell you.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> That's, give me The Rock any day.
0: The Rock enunciates.
1: Yes, he does. And I find, well, see, to me, I don't know. Maybe it, what's, am I uh,
0: you got genetically me. I,
1: messed up because I actually want a man who I can understand?
0: I don't, I don't get it. And, and I think this study, I, I, I have questions. Well, we always questions. have
1: questions. We always have questions. I'm not sure I buy it. But um, the opposite, though, men, men seem to be more attracted to women who do enunciate.
0: Yeah, I I don't want to have to try to. It's hard enough to figure women out. Well, I don't need to I don't <laughs> try need to, to try figure out figure what they out what are actually
1: saying as well. That's a little yeah. That seems like a lot of work. That's, well, it is a lot of work. It has to do with the spacing between vowels. I I, I didn't go into the, all the uh, quantitative and qualitative specific nuance. Yeah, of the story. I, I couldn't do without that. But a vocal attractiveness and and you know, mm. I understand genetically wanting a man who's masculine. To, if you're gonna sure. breed you you need to you know procreate with, <laughs> with somebody healthy who, stock yeah and somebody who <laughs> I feel like yeah if if he's here I can have count on him to protect us I mean you got to be your own fallback because you know yeah stuff happens <laughs> stuff happens so mumbling Caca ladies accolades. uh if you find yourself attracted to a man who may seem a little i don't know punchy. <laughs> a little punch drunk. Yeah. And he mumbles a lot. It's just, it's just genetics. Just go ahead. Maybe if you want to have a fling, but really probably want to. Well, manage. maybe that's what it is. Yeah. Maybe it's just a sexual maybe thing.
0: Maybe women just want to jump on a person who mumbles, maybe. <laughs> Shut up. So they don't have to have a conversation.
1: Exactly. <laughs> well, and so do you think that's it? Do you think like men were out hunting and, ga- you know, hunting. And, and You got to be quiet.
0: Well, no, women. Well, no. the
1: women are gathering and, and they're domesticating, so they're back and talking. They're communicating mm. in that way. But the men, if you're hunting, you got to be quiet.
0: You know, I think it's probably something along the lines mm. of men who mumble probably don't talk as often. So they seem. So that's definitely more attractive. So they seem unknowable (laughs) and brooding.
1: Well, yeah, it does. It lends this mysterious quality. But see, I take that as a personal challenge. You were quiet when I first met you, and I that just drove me crazy.
0: Well, you know.
1: not in a good way. It was more of a okay. That's a child. I need. He needs to talk. (laughs) We got to get him
0: talking. Well, you know, I didn't want to show off my incredible intellect to everyone.
1: No, down here, that might get you hit.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> he
0: thinks he's too smart for us. Well, you think you're smart? <laughs> I'll punch him in the face. Mm-hmm. Show him how smart he is. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, uh, yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, that's well, what happens I, when I didn't get threatened too much. Too, no. No.
1: Okay. Well, good. I'm glad.
0: Yeah. I mean, besides, I
1: met you when you were young. So,
0: yeah, I was.
1: <laughs> All right. So, there, a, so there's a, a the youngster. opening uh, communication
0: communication right. okay. okay
1: and then we, we moved on to our uh well you want to, to start well yeah we the to women to badass women in history yeah
0: basically that that often we we look at the men side of history and and i mean that's just the way it works so history is going to be dominated by men uh because men wrote the history books for the, most part. For the most part and until just recently, historically men were making all of the major decisions. Now and that's not to say that women were not, were not always influencing, in the background yeah. influencing everything.
1: Maybe they were lady Macbeth and some poor guy.
0: Well, it, it's just one of those things, you know, darn good and well that these meet the example I use in American history is when they were having all the meetings at the continental Congress to, to fashion mm-hmm. the founding documents, the, there were no women there. The, the women, the ladies weren't allowed. But don't think for a minute that when the husbands got home, they didn't demand to know what was said. Yeah,
1: because there would have been relationships. And there's
0: no question that, like John Adams is a good example. Oh, Abigail. Abigail Adams oh, yeah. influenced him greatly. Yes. Well, I think that's probably the case thr- many, throughout history. many, But they just don't get a lot of the, the history. But there there are some in history that I, I often have raised up Elizabeth I oh, yeah. as the— first true female can do monarch. There's yes. no question. Yes. And there have been other women in the history that could do the job, but they were rarely allowed to.
1: Yes. Because men were afraid.
0: <laughs> yes, men were afraid. And it's in fact afraid of not being able to have a son kind of kind of drives my first
1: standout <laughs> yeah. in history. Actually, go ahead. And
0: it's it's related to Elizabeth the First. In a way, um, basically, it's Catherine of Aragon.
1: Yeah, their their stories are intertwined. Well, in a way, um,
0: Catherine of Aragon is, of course, the first wife of Henry VIII, and he had the sex. only
1: true wife.
0: <laughs> well, that's right.
1: She, she only she knew she was the true wife.
0: Well, according to Holy Mother Church, yes. she is the only <laughs> she wife. He ever is had. the only
1: wife and the queen. And
0: uh, period. And that's actually what's on her her grave marker. Too, oh, is it? Catherine, Queen of England. Well,
1: yeah, she and, saw, she knew that.
0: And she comes she comes from really, you know, pretty highfalutin stock well, herself. Oh, yeah.
1: You don't marry she, a king uh, without that, usually.
0: But real quick, for those of you who don't know, she wasn't supposed to marry Henry at all. She was supposed to marry his brother, mm-hmm. Arthur. And they were betrothed when they were children, And this was all an attempt to get a a, a liaison between Spain and England. Sure. She is the daughter of Isabella and Ferdinand, the same two monarchs that sent Columbus Columbus, on his way. Isabella of Castile and Ferdinand of Aragon. They were a team, and I'm sure Isabella was pretty badass herself. (laughs) Sure. And uh, she helped her and her husband united the kingdoms of Castile and Aragon and also kicked the Muslims out of Spain. They have a, you know, a side... Kicking out uh, of Jews, <laughs>
1: we don't want to go there yet. Well,
0: but we learned the other day yeah. <laughs> that when they kicked all the Jews out of Spain, they all went to Italy. Yes, weirdly enough, and there's a and there's a story there too. But that's eh, for another time. Yes, another afraid.
1: time, another time.
0: But anyway, so they have good food. So. Catherine was uh, Catherine was betrothed to Arthur. They were in fact married. They were the same age, in fact. And then very shortly after they were married, Arthur died. Yeah, uh, five months later. And then it gets interesting mm-hmm. because the king at the time was Henry VII, and he had another son, Henry, well, the eighth. <laughs> and he, he went, hmm, if I send her back to Spain, I have to send the dowry that she came with, which was like 200,000 ducats, which is just yeah. an astronomical sum so of money. So he probably
1: said, uh,
0: so he said, hey, wait a minute. I have another son. She could marry him. But the problem is that wasn't allowed. Unless she didn't consummate her marriage to Arthur. And she said they never.
1: Five months, yeah.
0: But they didn't. They didn't, according to her, and I believe her. She they never consummated the marriage. No, she
1: was a very religious woman. Well, I don't well, think she, she would got have lied. more religious later. Yeah, but I don't know that she would have lied about but, uh, it. But they were they,
0: they were apart a good bit of that five months, so it's quite conceivable that they never consummated the marriage.
1: Because had she said they did, then they just would have sent her back.
0: It would yes,
1: and she but well, with
0: the two hundred thousand. Yeah, <laughs> with the money. Anyway, so they asked the Pope for an annulment, a uh, post death of Arthur, and the Pope granted the annulment. After she swore and was examined by uh, officials of the church, yes, that must some, have been fun. Somebody
1: with long fingers.
0: Uh, yeah, I hope it was a nun. Uh, anyway, probably. Why not. would they
1: trust that to now, a, ma- know, a woman? No, they, no, they, no, wouldn't they have. would not have trusted they that to a woman. Yeah, it would have oh, had to have been a man.
0: Ew. Anyway, so <laughs> anyway, so she was deemed a maid as they put it, and was allowed to marry young Henry Henry, Mm -hmm. uh, five, I think five or six years her junior. After Arthur died, she had been uh, a regent, uh, or after she died, after Arthur died, I'm sorry, she was an ambassador from Spain. She is the first woman ambassador Mm -hmm. in European history. Okay. So she did that. She was very well educated, spoke several languages. And so eventually they were, uh, her and Henry were married. And as the story goes, and most people know the deal with Henry, uh, Henry. (laughs) (laughs) All the
1: deals with Henry. All the deals with Henry. There were a lot of them.
0: She married Henry, and then comes the years of trying to have a son. Yes. And she had two, but both died almost immediately. Not healthy, yeah. And in fact, of her six to possibly seven pregnancies, one child grew to adulthood. And by the time she was done with that, of course, she uh, she couldn't have any more kids. So Henry began casting his eye, of course. Yes, yes. But I want to Not talk just about, his eye. <clears throat> yeah. But Catherine is a hero in England. And, and when Henry was in France doing some warlike business, Scotland <laughs> invaded invaded England. And she was fully pregnant. She was seven months pregnant. She had armor. Apparently, they made her armor
1: <laughs> because she was taking the lead.
0: And I'm, somebody said, "Well, they made her, you know, armor, and she was pregnant." I'm like, maybe she just put on Hen- Henry's. <laughs>
1: yeah. um, but, and he was athletic when he was young.
0: He was, he yeah. was, but he got, he got, he, he really liked food. He got portly. He, he got very portly. <laughs> he got portly. Um, she rode in full armor to address the troops before the Battle of Flodden, where the English defeated the Scottish. James the Fourth, I think, was killed, and they took his coat, and she sent it to Henry
1: to show that,
0: to, so he could put it on his battle standard.
1: There you go. It,
0: it was bloody, a bloody coat. Nice. And she uh, also said she would have sent the head, but that would have upset the people of Scotland too much. Wow. And so she,
1: because she was an ambassador, you see, yes. <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> so, you know, I mean, you can't do that, you
1: got to keep it within bounds,
0: right? And it didn't help her in the long run, of course, because without that son,
1: yeah, still just because,
0: unfortunately, at this time, women, even women as accomplished as Catherine, they were still looked at kind of like, like well, brood mares, yeah,
1: your property, <laughs> you, you, your, your purpose is your this. purpose is to
0: be a uterus, <laughs> yes, just make babies. And male babies probably. Well,
1: so perhaps, because, I mean, she, maybe it was just that we needed the. Elizabeth,
0: and of course, the, you, you know the story. The the well, some people probably don't know the story. I guess uh, he began uh, casting his eye at young Anne Boleyn, thinking she could give him a son. <laughs> Jokes on you, yeah, Henry. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't meant to be. It's not meant to be. Very slowly, very surely, he tried to get an annulment from Catherine. But Catherine's nephew had just conquered Rome, so he had the Pope basically in his clutches, <laughs> and the Pope wasn't about to grant an annulment when the nephew of Catherine is basically got his life in his hands. Yes, his
1: balls in his hands. There's balls, yeah,
0: I suppose. Although he's, he's— His wallet. It's the pope. He doesn't need his balls. It's the wallet. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah,
1: I don't know. I've read those histories. <laughs> there were many oh, popes I've, who used I've those. I've considered
0: talking about the Borgia popes for an episode. Mm. But I don't know that that would have to have an explicit.
1: Yeah, you definitely would. Anyway, yeah. So okay, no,
0: so. no, so no annulment coming. No. Eventually, she was accused of all kinds, all manner of well, yeah, things, because <laughs> Henry Henry wanted her gone, and she wouldn't do it. He tried to he tried to get her to go to a nunnery, yeah, and yeah. she's like, "God did not call me to be a nun. God called me to be the Queen of England." And. Uh, but they put her on trial, and Henry was there for the trial. And I found something really quite interesting. And it's uh, a during the trial, at one point, she just suddenly stood up, walked over to Henry, and got on her knees in front of the king. And she said, Sir, I beseech you, for all the loves that hath been between us, and for the love of God, let me have justice and right. Take of me some pity and compassion, for I am a poor woman and a stranger born out of your dominion. I have here no assured friends. And... She says, "'Alas, sir, wherein have I offended you?' On what occasion of displeasure have I designed against your will and pleasure? And she goes on to talk about the fact that she looked the other way when he was seeing other women. Yeah, yeah, because she, she she's the queen. She said, you know, I this 20 years I have been your true wife or more, and by me you have had diverse children, although it hath pleased God to call them out of this world, which hath been no fault of mine. Oh, And so he says, and when you had me at the—because he— Claims she wasn't a maid.
1: Mm, At the beginning.
0: And she says, and when ye had me at the first, I take God to be my judge. I was a maid without the touch of man. And whether it be true or no, I put it to your conscience. (laughs) So I I believe her.
1: Well, maybe he was eating. Maybe that's why he got fat. He was eating his guilt.
0: Maybe so. It, It goes on. And she, she just lays into him. She lays out this argument that is amazing. A lawyer could not have crafted a better <laughs> argument. And it was all by her hand. And uh, she says, And if ye will not extend to me so much indifferent favor, your pleasure then be fulfilled. And to God I commit my case. So she's like, I'm, God will judge. Yeah. And when she was done, she stood up and she walked out of the room.
1: And, let them and be they able. called
0: her back. Catherine of Aragon, you will come back to this courtroom. And she just walked on. The, the guy came running out and says, you have to go back. And she says, on, on, it maketh no matter for me, for it is no indifferent court for me. Therefore, I will not tarry. Go. Keep going. Go on your way. And she just kept going.
1: That's it. That was it. Let the, let man decide what he's going to decide. I've, I've done my thing.
0: And, well, eventually, of course, she's yeah. going to be sent to a drafty old castle.
1: Yeah, sort of a prison. And she
0: dies of cancer eventually. Mm. But the 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 really amazing thing is the people of England even though she was from Spain, they adored her. Mm-hmm. They loved her with all they their heart. They took
1: her as their queen too. And
0: when Henry did all this, Henry lost all favor in in the, in the realm of England. He was never thought yeah. of the same way again. And in fact, uh His second wife, Anne Boleyn, mother of Elizabeth I, was known primarily (laughs) as they called her all kinds of things—the Great Witch. Yeah. Um, They (laughs) just they named her horrible, horrible things. And
1: yet, she produced
0: Elizabeth I,
1: Elizabeth, who who did so much for their country. Well, the
0: reason Henry didn't want a girl. Besides the fact that he wanted a boy to sit on the throne, because every man is wants the last boy. time England had had a female monarch, Matilda, the only one prior, she didn't last long. There was a civil war. And supposedly Henry didn't want a civil war. <laughs> so
1: he felt like that if he had a female in charge, uh, correct. there would be a civil war. and Catherine's
0: daughter Mary eventually yeah. eventually became queen for a little while. But then of course, she was Catholic, and that presented a whole new set of problems yeah. because by then, England was Protestant. Because Henry had to take over the church, basically, in England to and, get his... Uh, and
1: hopefully you had a history teacher well, who he he taught he, you those
0: things. He made himself the boss yes. and then granted himself an annulment. <laughs> 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 and, and then proceeded to take all of the church's lands and money. <laughs>
1: Because <laughs> really, it just came down to greed,
0: <clears throat> greed in all ways. Yeah, yeah and but Catherine, when you when you research Catherine, she is phenomenal. She was truly a long suffering queen, putting up with all the crap that Henry shoved her way. Well, and, and dealt with and it like a pro. In
1: the end, in history has proven to show her to be the queen. Well, when Henry went
0: to France to an and, and the Scottish <laughs> invaded, he had named her regent yeah. before he left, which makes her basically king in the absence she, of the charge, king. In yeah, charge. Yeah, she's in charge. And so that which is, was unusual at the time. But he, that's how much he trusted her to run England while he was gone.
1: And, and yet. And
0: she proved her worth. All
1: that because of a, Raised a army. male. Raised an just yeah. air. We just want an air. Well you got one. You got one in spades, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Elizabeth was the was the king queen for sure. And all those other All right. So that so, leaves that so that, was, that my was our old history. Old yeah. history. And you want to move forward in time?
0: Uh well yeah, we I mean we might as well. Didn't you have uh something as well?
1: I did. I did. Well how far in time do you want to go? Well we or, don't we don't want to go to Patton yet, do we?
0: Well, I don't know. That's a that's a mighty big leap, but we could. Oh,
1: OK. Well, but I had you could one. you could I talk had...
0: about the women. In oh,
1: the their... World War One. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The World War One stuff was really interesting. The things I learned, people.
0: Well, it is pretty interesting to think because you hear women today talk about, you know, that they're still second class citizens and all this other stuff. But compare it to. Well, no,
1: just like everything, just, as, as time and society move right. forward, you know, it, well, we talk about this all the time. When will we no longer have to say the first
0: female, female or the
1: first black person? Just any. We shouldn't have to say those things anymore. It, it should have already been done, is kind of the, the idea. But as society, I think over time we don't have to say those things anymore because right. you know women it, have done these things because it shouldn't be people a, of color have done these things it
0: shouldn't be shocking
1: no and really
0: honestly at this point it shouldn't be shocking to to learn that people can do stuff well sure <laughs> as when, as when the bartender said. women
1: died so often in childbirth men raised children you know i mean it yeah we all take the role when it's necessary. Is that your chair? That was or my you? chair. Oh, sure. Hey. Sure. Uh,
0: at least I didn't fart. <laughs> they <laughs> didn't know that. Uh, my microphone would pick it up. It's a good mic. <laughs> uh,
1: okay, so no beans before the podcast.
0: No, never.
1: <laughs> All right. I don't know how we went. We just went off topic really. <laughs> really bad. Just strange. So okay. First
0: first World War.
1: Oh, yeah. First World War. First modern war, right?
0: Well, they sometimes they say that about the Civil War, but... Well, okay, uh, Mechanized
1: warfare is is the idea, Uh, you know, tanks and airplanes and all that. Yeah, all the good stuff. (laughs) The quote is terrorizing civilian populations as an act of war. So, yeah, Yeah, there we are. Uh, And mobilizing society as a whole.
0: Yes. uh, Because
1: that because we got to get women involved. Right. So new roles for women, uh, increasing manpower, of course, became a a big aspect in that war. Uh, Women signed up as ambulance drivers, telephone operators, munitions workers, you know, all sorts of uh, different things. Well, in the United States, our uh, Secretary of the Navy, Daniels, Joseph Daniels, he decided to go ahead and take advantage of a loophole in the Naval Act of 1916. It did not specify that you could not, that only men could enlist. It didn't say only men could enlist. So he said, okay, we need women. So we started enlisting women in the Navy as yeomen. But women and, can't
0: swim. Everybody knows that. Well, but they did so
1: many things. <laughs> Hundreds of women between the ages of 18 and 55 went down to the recruiting stations. And when U.S. entered World War One on April 6, 1917, they had 2,000 women en- enlisted as yeomen. And by the end of the war, they had 11,000. So women stepped so up. So they wanted They wanted to do it. Absolutely. Well, there was a manpower shortage. And well, if you're facing a war, you know, the only logical thing is to use all the manpower you've got, even if it's some of its woman power. Mm -hmm. So they served openly and equally in the Navy
0: and got paid.
1: They got paid equally too. shocking. Yeah. Um, (laughs) He did not intend for the women, you know, to serve in battle. The initially recruited them to do clerical stuff you know, freeing the men up to fight. But um, so most of them did those jobs. And then they went into radio, telegraph operators, supervisors for, you know, shipping, commissary stewards, fingerprints, draftsmen, pharmacists. What else? Torpedo assemblers, (laughs) camouflage designers. Uh, Once the Navy realized that women in uniform were also good for publicity, also made, you know.
0: Because they look hot in their uniforms. Everybody
1: looks good in a uniform. It would be weird
0: though. Back then, you got a boat with, and you put like three women on the boat.
1: <laughs> well,
0: better you better put yeah, a padlock. Yeah, no, no, on that. that
1: wasn't going to work. <laughs> well. I'm sure that those sort of things were. Uh, yeah, yeah, frowned upon. Well, frowned upon, but still, didn't come up much occurred. They no. would have, they would have. Tr- what? They're
0: serving the country. They have other <laughs> things to do.
1: Yeah, well, we still got we still got uh, hormones. Anyway, they trained the female yeomen to march and perform basic military drills. So I guess like we had like a little entertainment division in the Navy of, of the little women doing their parades and supported the war bond drives and things like that. You know, so they also did the the whole goodwill publicity thing for the Navy, but the press decided they wanted to call these yeomen. Yeomanettes Yeomanettes yeah and and the secretary of the Navy Daniels he he objected to the nickname he said look I never did like the et business if a woman does a job she ought to have the name of the job the official designation Yeoman in parentheses with a little f at the end made it clear that women were the institutional equivalent of men they if they held the same rank they received the same pay as sailors and marines uh uniform allowance medical care uh war insurance all of it
0: treating them just like yes, everybody else the That's Navy terrifying
1: <laughs> now Bella's barking I this is real um, she's calling me on some crap and I'm, I'm
0: just, maybe, yeah she's maybe she's having an argument with uh, Otto. Oh, yeah, anyway, so. So,
1: but the Army did not. The Army did not. The no. Army was not. Um, well, nearly,
0: the Army, for the longest time, the Army is, you know, women are not going to be in combat. But then they'd send them driving like a truck into a combat yeah, zone. Yeah, yeah. Well, I got they, news for you. That's a target.
1: Well, General Pershing <laughs> placed a request with the uh, U.S. Department of War for 100, for 100 uniformed female telephone operators who spoke fluent French. More than 7,600 trained women operators applied for those first hundred positions. Women wow. wanted to They help. wanted to do it. Yeah. Well, they ended up calling them the hello girls because, you know, we always need a nice little title. Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> ladies like that. Yeah. That's what the soldiers called them. Anyway, um, they are responsible for making Army communication possible. He Pershing referred to them as the switchboard soldiers who accepted hazard without reservations to serve their country and with the like the soldiers whom they worked with they risked their lives but they were not considered part of the army so
0: so their pay sucked so their pay sucked <laughs> they didn't
1: receive any of the benefits extended to soldiers during or after the war they even had to pay for their own uniforms when peacetime came, the Hello Girls were stunned to discover that the Army never even considered them part of the military. Yeah. Congress finally recognized uh, those World War I women veterans in 1979. So just after. Well, after they were almost all dead, yeah. or they were dead. For the most part, um, yeah. So employment of women in the American military in World War I was seen as a desperate measure initially, right? Because it's the war to end all wars, and it would never need to be repeated. And yet, as they left service for their peacetime lives, the female yeoman and the Hello Girls held open the possibility of return. And one yeoman, uh, McLeod, wrote after her discharge, no. I ain't a yeomanette no more, and though I hate the very thought of war, if Uncle Sam should ever say, I need 10,000 girls today, would he get them? Well, I'll say, and more. There you go. Because women will step up.
0: And, yeah, and, and have and did. Yeah. In fact, uh, in World War II, it is no question at all that women who went into the workforce, because, mm. again, manpower shortage, yeah. and they learned all of these trade skills, Uh, You can't tell me that when the men came back, one of the things that really – spurred on the women's rights movement Oh,
1: absolutely. were a
0: bunch of women who had learned that they could be completely independent of their men. And they
1: didn't have and, to go back into the home.
0: Right. Now, the,
1: I've read dissertations that claim that that was the downfall of American society. Nonsense. That, you know, women going to work and not not being domestic anymore and wanting to stay home and take care of the children and be the domestic goddess that was expected of them. Well,
0: before modern conveniences, women may have stayed home, but they certainly weren't just at home taking care of kids they were working their butts off to yeah to, to do live, all the work
1: to do, exactly <laughs> so they exactly. were working well and you know what hey men it, don't give wars
0: yeah there you go <laughs>
1: <laughs> don't give wars if you want to if you mm-hmm. want an intact family then stay your ass home and don't go to a foreign country fighting somebody that you well, have no business fighting
0: today having Somebody stay at home is a big chunk of income that you're going to be. Well, yeah, but
1: and that's what they say because that really started in the 70s. A a two a two income family became necessary in the 1970s.
0: I don't recall a time where my mom didn't have a job, even as early as I I can think back. I don't
1: recall a time having my mom have a job because it was just us. But
0: I don't know. I I think that no,
1: my mom was a nurse. But you couldn't
0: couldn't pay taxes today without having that second income. A lot of money for the government. So,
1: are you saying the federal government is the result? Is the reason? Well, certainly today
0: it perpetuates women going to work. If women wanted to stay home, most of them couldn't afford to. No, no. And besides, you should you need to be self actualized in a way that pleases you. And and if a woman wants to stay home and take raise kids, then that's more power to it. That's awesome. Go for it. But for a lot of women, that's just not enough. Yeah, they want to they want to be more than that. They want to be more fulfilled.
1: Yes, they want to pursue their own, and well, many, many, many women have proven that that is certainly possible. Absolutely, and well, there here you we go. are. We got another one too.
0: And speaking of the military, <laughs> speaking of those women, speaking of the military, we're going to talk
1: the woman who really started
0: this conversation. I think. <laughs> well, it was in the trilogy that I'm reading. Yeah. It was about Patton, but uh, but his letters to his wife B, uh, Beatrice yes, Ayer B. Patton. Patton, the letters are great, and just all all of the things about her were really, really funny. Oh yeah, and Um, he
1: loved that woman.
0: He absolutely loved that woman. One of the letters he sent after suffering uh, some problems in Africa was of all of the things that are confused. I'm paraphrasing. I'm not going to be exact. No, okay. uh, But of all, I got quotes, buddy. in, In the middle of all this confusion, the one steadfast thing is you, you know, and so he, he did. He wrote her constantly.
1: And he was in life and death situations. So he would have, yeah.
0: Well, he lived for it though. He wanted, he
1: enjoyed that.
0: Oh, he was, was, oh, that's all he cared about. Yes. But anyway, Uh, so let's talk for a minute about Beatrice Ayer Patton. Now, George Patton is a famous general from World War II, if you don't know. Uh, he's also famous for all kinds of other things. Uh, once slapping a soldier in a hospital in full view of reporters <laughs> because the guy had combat exhaustion, and George Patton didn't believe in combat exhaustion. Yeah, he just wanted him to snap out of it. He thought he was a coward, it. and he slapped him a couple times. Uh, Did
1: it pull him out of his PTSD? Uh, no. No. <laughs> no, I wouldn't think
0: so. What they Actually, the, the combat exhaustion for troops— was really common and a lot of times what they did was they'd pull them off the line feed them full of sodium uh, i think it was sodium barbital it's a basically a sleeping pill oh just and they just keep them asleep for like
1: sedate them they two weeks. Just, yeah but you're going to come out of it the memories are still there
0: right but apparently that was the thing it, you just had to separate them for a while but the weird thing was it turned out to be healthier mentally for these troops to rejoin their friends, because what happened was if they were sent somewhere else for treatment, then they would begin feeling very guilty. Guilty
1: that their friends were. Right. Yeah, I, so
0: the idea was to get them off the front line, but keep them very close to the front to line. To their people. And that turned out to be one of the better ways. Today, of course, combat exhaustion is Often not treated until after the fact.
1: Yeah, until they come home and they realize they can't adjust to right. to a regular dull routine. And lots of
0: people who suffered combat exhaustion in 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 the theater in World War II, what it wasn't recognized as a, a problem. Like they didn't yeah. they didn't freak out or anything while they were in combat. It's when they came home. Yeah. and started having problems. Well, and we've yeah. talked
1: about that too. That idea that you've got a generation that those men came home and there they were.
0: Hundreds of thousands of men yeah. who had PTSD that were never treated.
1: And they tried to raise families and be husbands. And, right. and they in, in a
0: world that was changing radically. Oh,
1: really quickly.
0: Because if you think about the way America was right before World War II, mm-hmm. and you think about it in the 1950s.
1: into 60s. Technology and, the and the...
0: society changed so dramatically yeah. that it, it would have been really hard to cope anyway, but then throw in... Four, yeah. four years worth of horrible memories,
1: and the fact that you can't ra- rationalize or recognize the things that are society looks so different from what you were used to. Yeah,
0: some of the some of the letters from wives after the war. Yeah, talking about Tragic. the fact they got married before the war. And then the person that came home was not the person they married. And he wasn't. No. He and was, he was He was completely altered.
1: And that, that affects society as well.
0: It does. Okay. Um, anyway, now, so, George Patton's he, not like yeah. that. Patton, <laughs> Patton got PTSD when he wasn't out fighting.
1: <laughs> he needed the drama. <laughs> he needed the drama. He needed the chaos.
0: Um, but anyway, the when he was young. smell
1: of war in the morning. When he was young, he
0: met Beatrice Banning Ayer in Haver. Haverhill, Massachusetts. She was the daughter of Frederick Ayer, who was an industrialist.
1: Yes, she Big, was a privileged super
0: rich child. Industrialist. Mm-hmm. Uh, she did enjoy a life of privilege. Uh, she went to all the finest finishing schools.
1: Her father was not real happy She about met this. George
0: Patton for the first time when they were children. Now, they were married for more than 30 years and would have been married longer. Yeah, like 35 or 37,
1: died. I think I found.
0: She spoke French, translated many French army manuals into English, which I thought was interesting. She was an expert equestrian. Uh, She, she, uh, she was also a a fencer. She was a sailor with her own sloop. (laughs) She uh, she wrote three books. She covered the country, raising money during the war. Those, those stories are out there. But one of the things that's really interesting was the story about, (laughs) about her, uh, her protection of George. She was yes, very she protective. was very
1: protective. Well, I think right at the beginning, though, I mean, her father, her family, uh, the friends, you know, you can do so much better than this, this career soldier just two years out of West Point. You know, well, she didn't feel that way. She loved Lieutenant Patton, and he loved her, and that was all there was.
0: <laughs> well, by the time she was 18, uh, she was very accomplished, and she wanted to marry George. And... <laughs> So the father did not.
1: No, he did not.
0: He did not want his daughter marrying a soldier.
1: And it's not that he didn't like George. No, he did.
0: He he absolutely yeah, he liked George. He just knew
1: his daughter needed somebody better than this man.
0: Right. Her courtship by Georgie, as his family <laughs> and friends called him, began in 1902 while he was a cadet at West Point. It said Frederick Ayer liked him, but deplored the prospect of his daughter marrying a lowly career Army officer because they didn't make any money back then. No. And, of course, soldiering, a uh, well, few prospects in an era where Yankees like Ayer, that's funny, Yankees, Yankees, Yankees like Ayer thought of soldiering as the last refuge of scoundrels and a profession of the brutal and licentious mercenary.
1: Ooh, ooh, licentious.
0: Yes. Patton, though, obsessed with a deeply held conviction that his destiny was to become a great battlefield commander, which yes, he was. Yes, he,
1: he believed that. Uh, she believed it, too, because he believed it.
0: So Patton steadfastly resisted Frederick's attempts to persuade him to go into a civilian career. Uh, so then Ayers said, well, if I can't get him to become a civilian, then I'm going to tell Beatrice she can't marry she Patton. Just
1: for I will forbid her
0: from doing it. He vetoed the marriage. Yes. In response, his daughter <laughs> locked herself in a her room and began a hunger strike.
1: Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's really funny because the father raises his daughter like to be a strong woman. Obviously he was doing that, so he should have realized what he was gonna get from her. Right. I mean, daddies understand, right? Sure. You created this monster.
0: <laughs> uh there was a story in the in the book too about young Patton when he came to get her to, to rode his horse. Into the house. <laughs> <laughs> and she was quite impressed.
1: I'm sure she would have been. <laughs> Daddy, I'm marrying him.
0: Well, and she was. And their their marriage was the talk of the town. It was a huge to-do. Mm-hmm. But then she had to go out to Kansas with George.
1: Yes. You know, I had some stuff there about that time that her daughter had written in a in the book because they went to Fort Riley in, I think, 1912, 13, 1913. Yeah, like there would have been
0: nothing out there. She
1: was out of her element, and apparently it was rough. And and I, of course, remember that because Fort Riley, Kansas, is where I was born, Junction City. And uh, apparently it was, it was just rough and rugged terrain, and she thought, I have made a horrible mistake. <laughs> Actually, I had the question quote here from her daughter something about how that it was a horrible mistake those are spartan living conditions um and on that remote calvary post in the american west is where her husband was assigned and 1913
0: 1913
1: yeah that was the day and she but apparently she had an epiphany during that time and she she came to this realization that she could do it
0: this was the life she was the
1: life that she had chosen and she was gonna by God be her be her husband's wife. When
0: the patents arrived at Fort Riley, Kansas, it was still a frontier army post, basically. There.
1: Do you have the rest? Apparently, I didn't print the rest of that story. I have everything. Oh okay. Um, <laughs> well, a oh, sign
0: man. a sign at Fort Riley <laughs> on
1: yeah. the
0: parade ground was still up that said, Officers will not shoot buffalo from the windows of their quarters by order of the commanding officer. Yes.
1: (laughs) So even in 1913, still a little primitive.
0: And so she had an epiphany, though, and apparently embraced the life pretty quickly thereafter. She had discovered the world, yeah. is what her daughter said.
1: Yeah, that that she, she moved been, out of. She was sheltered. She was sheltered, even though she had many many experiences that an average woman would. not Now she's getting the other side of it. Now she's getting right. what a real woman in you know lower middle class or lower class has you know, to I, deal with. I
0: want to talk about the uh, story about her at at the dinner in Washington D.C.
1: Oh, the the white uh, yeah the white at, uh, tie dinner.
0: Her role in Patton's life is. Indispensable. Patton would not have been the man he was oh, without this woman. Oh, absolutely not. Uh, and, she, uh, and he was very flamboyant and very outspoken. Yes. And she supported him 100% in this, but she was incredibly protective. And turns out that she had kind of a warrior spirit herself. <laughs>
1: yes, she did. And they
0: were at a white-tie dinner in Washington, D.C., and as Beatrice waited in the foyer while Patton parked the car, a stout, unmistakably desk-bound officer began making snide remarks about him. Quote, just look at the little boys they're promoting to colonel these days. Look at that young chicken, still wet behind the ears, wearing a colonel's eagle. <laughs> the next thing Beatrice remembered was sitting astride the officer's shoulders, banging his head on the back black and white marble floor tiles. Yeah,
1: Patton had to have help to pull her
0: <laughs> he off. It took of Patton him and him. another man to pull her off of him. <laughs>
1: it's like I'm not listening to this shit. You don't talk about my man like that.
0: And uh, she just, oh, it's just, it's just wonderful.
1: She, she, uh, she, you know, they were in love and everything, but they also had their own, uh, their own moments. <laughs> they had their own little uh, uh, episodes sometimes, too, because, you know, you don't get that uh, emotionally connected without having some flare ups from time to time. They were well, all
0: Beatrice. Beatrice had a half sister.
1: Well, we so let me. Yeah. You want to bring in the half sister now?
0: Well, I mean, we're just about done with Beatrice.
1: And we, we are. We are. But I had another story where <laughs> her temper flared. Oh, let's hear it. Yeah. 1912. After George had placed 5th in the military pentathlon in the Olympics in Stockholm, mm-hmm. he attended the games at his own expense and then afterward he got permission to stay in Europe to attend some special fencing classes that the French army was offering. So after the course had ended, Beatrice had spent the entire day, many hours packing all of their family's belongings in crates to be, you know, to be hauled away on board the ship. George came running into the to the house with some new French swords that he had just bought. He gave them to Beatrice, demanding that she open one of the crates uh, that she had just worked so long and hard to repack. And uh, well, this was the last straw for Beatrice. Her temper flared. She unsheathed one of the swords, chased Sabre George around the room, cursing expletives that should have made her warrior husband proud. After she had treed him on top of one of the crates, stabbing at his legs, making him dance a jig, he pleaded, God, Damn it, B. I'm sorry. I'll pack them myself. <laughs> Which he did. Which he did. <laughs> Which he did. But yeah, that I'm sure is nothing compared to uh, her half sister's Im- involvement. Well,
0: yeah, her half sister had a, a daughter um, who apparently cast her eye towards George <laughs> and may have possibly. It's it's the George the family the Patton family believes that George absolutely had a dalliance with the niece okay or well he's not related to him but it doesn't matter um by marriage
1: niece by marriage
0: niece by marriage there you go anyway apparently b might have been aware of it as well
1: yeah but she wasn't gonna be but, a but woman she didn't, to take any. well she
0: didn't put up she didn't really say anything about it but when world war ii came around george went to europe and this young lady got a a uh, job with the Red Cross and got herself positioned very close to where George was mm-hmm. in Europe. Yep. B really didn't like that.
1: Those
0: women be bitches. <laughs> well, you know, chasing after her. And man. Uh, and I, I I I'm not going to sully the other woman's name, but <laughs> you she, can Google it. Yeah, you can Google it yourself. But <laughs> yeah. at, after the war, she didn't say anything to this girl. B kept her mouth shut the entire time. George gets in a car wreck right after World War II ended not too long after and gets paralyzed from the neck down and eventually dies. B, who had gone over to Europe for the funeral, as soon as the funeral was over, cuz he's buried in he's buried in uh, Luxembourg. Oh, okay. And as soon as the funeral was over, she left. And she went back to Hawaii where she was living and then requested that her niece visit her at her hotel room. <laughs>
1: Now that George is out of the picture.
0: Now that George is gone. She waited two weeks.
1: What? How very ladylike then. That's, yes. That's very... Uh... The
0: girl came into the room thinking that there was going to be some kind of discussion or something about George yeah, or just whatever. Yeah. She had no idea.
1: She was sandbagged.
0: And when she came in, Beatrice basically cast a cursed, a Hawaiian curse on her. <laughs> Accused her of sleeping with George. She, you know, the whole deal and basically cursed her to... To Be dead to death. Well, <laughs> oh my god, two weeks later, uh-uh, the woman was found in her apartment. She had turned the oven on, blew out the pilot, and gassed herself. <gasps> wow, and in the room were dozens of pictures of George Patton <gasps>
1: no. laying on
0: the floor. And
1: that's just like one of those crime scene things, yeah, yeah. So, oh, so she Sylvia plapped herself.
0: And B, B was uh, went on about her life. But sadly in 1953 she was riding horses as she was wont to do wow. and she had an uh, aneurysm while riding.
1: Oh, okay. And fell off the horse. Died they, died. they said
0: she died before she fell off the horse. Oh, okay. It was that quick? Well,
1: you know what though, A woman like that she she was still doing what she loved. Yeah. So. And uh
0: in the family uh, the the book here about about her and, and George. It's, it's really wonderful. Uh, and the letters that George wrote yeah, to her, you I could had, really I have one here,
1: a, a quote, of one of the most beautiful love letters. He said, I love you so be, I am not so hellish young, and it is not spring, yet still I love you just as much as if we were 22 again on the baseball grandstand at West Point the night I graduated. Aww. Isn't that sweet?
0: Yeah, she, uh, and, and while he was in, while he was in combat, in Africa especially, there was all kinds of problems. And when he would complain to her, she would just say, George or Georgie, you know, she'd send back the letter. Georgie, stop complaining and just deal with it. You know, she, she didn't <laughs> let him
1: whine. Suck she, it up, sir. Yeah, Suck Yeah, she,
0: she was right there. Yeah. and And so— Again, George Patton would not have been the man he was without the wife that he married.
1: Yeah, there are many of them. If you go through like Civil War wives, there mm-hmm. are many of them. Now, there was the other side, too. There were a couple of wives who, who fed their husbands' insecurities and psychoses. You know, there were there were several of those type of women, oh, sure too, I mean, who really just were bringing well, because their I believe. man what down. Was, what
0: was it you said? Women be bitches. I think that's what you said.
1: Yeah, that's that's been my experience. Yeah, I've met a few some. men who could qualify. As- oh, absolutely. Oh, no, no, I'm fair. I don't. Um, Yeah, yeah. So
0: men can be bitches, too. Absolutely. Okay.
1: And hurricanes can be bitches.
0: Mother (laughs) Nature don't give a front. (laughs)
1: No, it does not. Um, You know, at one point in 1916, a gasoline lantern exploded in Patton's face, and he was badly burned. When he wrote his wife, he said, I love you with all my heart and would have hated worse to have been blinded because I could not have seen you.
0: Aww. And, I mean, she wasn't a, she She was a pretty lady, though. She
1: was, you know. Yeah, but uh, for,
0: yeah, for the times, um, she, she, yeah, was, she wasn't, she would have been referred to as fetching.
1: <laughs> fetching,
0: <laughs> she probably had a well turned ankle.
1: Mm, I <laughs> don't know, we can't see it. Her dresses are all so long and I know, cover everything, they really are. yes. But she, wonder is. who the first woman who, who finally just broke that barrier and said, you know, I'm not wearing that shit anymore. I got,
0: I got one more woman behind the man story, did it did actually she really? goes, goes back, uh. Before Patton, you know,
1: in the nineteen seventies at McNeese State University, women still had to wear pantyhose. Yeah, it was required.
0: Pantyhose,
1: pantyhose, and clothes toed shoes.
0: Well, you know what? There's a lot of women that probably should continue that tradition. <laughs> I've seen some pretty ugly. Toes. I, I just thought
1: that was a strange dress code. For again, i sorry.
0: I don't want to get into this whole thing, but if you've got ugly feet, don't
1: don't show them. <laughs> <laughs> okay sorry just, we're gonna get in trouble for this one you're gonna get another phone call <laughs> i might
0: oh yes I, I did receive a phone call yes yes uh, i did i did i'm not going to fornicate myself okay I'm not gonna do it
1: <laughs> <laughs> for your opinions no it's not worth it <laughs> anyway. what's your final story are you hiding one from me well it's edith wilson oh oh okay yeah i guess we the, did talk about
0: this she well, we talked about a woman becoming president, right? The first woman to be president? Yeah. She might almost On a technicality. Qualify. <laughs> On a technicality. Well,
1: Eleanor Roosevelt did Well, everybody a lot of knows the, about uh, Eleanor. Too. Yeah. But this is why. a
0: completely different case because we're not really sure.
1: If he was even conscious. <laughs>
0: right. Uh, for a year and five months, Wilson was basically unreachable except through his wife. He had a. Uh, World War One had ended, and he was going across the country trying to uh, get the Treaty of Versailles and the League of Nations. But the the League of Nations was his big thing, and he was trying okay. to get that passed. And he was running into all kinds of problems because of the Senate. <laughs> it sounds familiar. What? what? And uh, I don't know Henry Cabot Lodge. Anyway, uh, he was married to Edith Wilson. It was his second wife. Uh, She was not like a woman of privilege by any stretch of the imagination. But she discovered privilege by marrying somebody rich (laughs) and then had the decency to die. Mm. And uh, so, anyway, so she married— Which taught
1: many other women.
0: Yeah, yeah, if you're a really rich man um, and you marry a woman, just know that deep down in the back of her mind, she's just
1: waiting for you to die. Anyway— so she may actually love the man, you know, that there is such things. So. Oh, come on. Oh gosh. Stop it. <laughs> anyway, so
0: she she married Woodrow Wilson, the president, and he was tired and he was traveling all over the country getting exhausted and he had being a, president is hard. Yeah, well, that's what they say. And anyway, he had a stroke. Okay okay And this is where it gets kind of interesting. She thought she thought or they thought that he would recover, you know, and that would be that. but Edith took care of him after he had his stroke and this is where it gets interesting. Uh, he collapsed from physical exhaustion. Uh, he was rushed to the White House and Edith found him unconscious on the floor of the bathroom.
1: okay
0: It was soon apparent, to everyone, that he could not fully function. Edith then stepped in, put him in his bed, Mm. basically would not let anyone see him except physicians. (laughs) And when she would talk with physicians, she would make sure no one else was there. She would not even consider making her husband resign and have the vice president take over. We didn't have the 25th Amendment yet. She said, we can't let the vice president take over. It would just depress my husband so much.
1: (laughs) Who's unconscious Uh, and wouldn't know anyway. (laughs) So she had plans. She had designs already.
0: Well, it sounds kind of like she did. The first move in establishing what she called her stewardship Mm -hmm. was to mislead the entire nation, from (laughs) the Cabinet and Congress to the press and the people. Vetting the carefully crafted medical bulletins that were publicly released, she would only permit an acknowledgement that Wilson badly needed rest and was working in his bedroom. When individual Cabinet members came to confer with the President, they got no further than the First Lady. Than
1: her, yeah. If they
0: had policy papers or pending decisions for him to review, edit or approve, she would take the documents, look them over herself, go into the room. And if she deemed the matter pressing enough, uh, she would claim that he read all the necessary documents (laughs) and then she would come out with a signature or not. It was a bewildering way to run the government, officials said.
1: But for more than a year.
0: Yes. (laughs) And uh, when people would come to say, I have to see the president, she'd say, no, what do you need to tell him? They would tell her she would go in the room. A few minutes later, she would come out and give a decision. <laughs> um, go, Edith. And often she would give them back paperwork with margin notes that she said were the president's verbal responses that uh, she wrote that down. she
1: wrote down. So that's why it was in her handwriting. <laughs> <laughs>
0: nice. and this is not a w- very well-educated woman. She did not go to college. Well, she
1: didn't need to go to college not to understand this. the common sense day-to-day. Mm, she even Maybe got, that's
0: what we're lacking. She even got the... When she heard that the Secretary of State was convening cabinet meetings without Wilson's permission, she considered it an act of insubordination and Wilson the president fired, fired him. him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay. But she wrote the order. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure it was uh, the order yeah. was in her handwriting. Here's here's
0: my favorite. The most damaging irony, however, came as a result of Ms. Wilson's insistence that a minor British embassy aide be fired for a bawdy joke he'd once cracked at her expense, or else she would refuse credentials for an ambassador who had come to specifically help negotiate for Wilson's version of the League of Nations. The ambassador refused to do so and returned to London. He was the key to getting the Senate. He was friends with Henry Cabot Lodge and could have gotten it passed. But for Edith. Yeah. And it said Edith may well have damaged what he had dreamed of as his
1: His most important legacy.
0: Until her death in nineteen sixty one. Wow. the former first lady insisted that she never assumed the full power of the presidency. And at best she used some of its prerogatives on behalf of her husband.
1: Oh. But now looking back in history, yeah.
0: She was running we can all kind of
1: see how that might have gone. Besides, I've seen it in a movie before. I know it's possible.
0: So it is possible, but it is kind of funny. Yeah. And and I just, oh, well, it must've driven these people crazy because nobody liked her anyway. And, uh, maybe
1: she was getting her revenge then. Maybe so. Well, she didn't damage the country too much. So, well, no, I
0: mean, well, she didn't damage the country, but she certainly didn't do it any favors.
1: Well, you know, neither did many of the men who have held that office.
0: Cause, so, because after Wilson, it's the 1920s, and it's all going to start going uh, downhill yeah. pretty. Quickly. Well, we
1: got a decade. We got a we got a good decade. Yeah, <laughs> it roared <laughs> of consumerism, advertisements, and, and and
0: lots and lots of loans. Yeah, oh, and the stock market was doing
1: great. Yeah, yeah,
0: in the 20s for about nine years. I don't
1: want to continue to draw those comparisons because Great Gatsby is just. Are you still teaching that? Yeah, we're still doing that. Yeah. Um, So, so we're going to wrap up our, our, I guess we got to, yeah, women are badass and sometimes they're bitches.
0: You know, times are changing. <laughs> ladies can do stuff now and you're going to have to learn how to deal with that.
1: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I've always because I've always searched for understanding of of women's roles because, you know, being raised by a man, you understand that. And actually, you know, Margaret Mitchell, because I told you, you know, 13, I read this, you know, Gone with the Wind.
0: Margaret Mitchell. Yeah. Never never heard of her. Yeah. Okay.
1: So uh, Scarlett O'Hare's character at the time appealed to me greatly as, as a good role model for what a a woman is. And years later they released Margaret Mitchell's diaries when she was a young girl and she was constantly asking those questions. Well, why can't I do it? Why? Because I'm a girl. Can I not? I mean, she was, yeah, yeah, she was Scarlett. Sure. (laughs) She was absolutely. So I've always been, you know, (laughs) yeah.
0: <laughs> I guess they're ready to eat or something. I don't know. They early. can't eat.
1: Um, but one thing in all of the research as we did, I, I found lots of women. Of course, we found oh, lots and lots there's and lots too many to count, too many to go through. Uh, we picked a couple, but the the fact that the women getting the right to vote, twenty states recognized women's rights before 1920. We had twenty states that
0: this was an amendment. It had to be yeah, ratified yeah. It had by to be ratified
1: states. by the states. So twenty states did it before you know the the amendment was passed. And then you've got the states that just couldn't see fit couldn't, to go ahead and say, yeah, women.
0: Because even though it had already been ratified, vote. enough, to, yeah, enough it, states had said <laughs> yes for it to be ratified. But there <laughs> were some holdouts.
1: There were. And I must have learned this in, in Louisiana history, but, you know, I relearned it the other day. And so the final three states... To, to actually go ahead and ratify women's rights to vote.
0: All right.
1: Louisiana. <laughs>
0: what a shock. In
1: 1970. 1970, Geelong. <laughs> uh, North Carolina, 1971. And of course, because we're always in competition with our neighbor, Mississippi. Mississippi 1984.
0: Hey! In 1984,
1: <laughs> Mississippi finally came around to the idea that women.
0: Well, they approved
1: it. They approved it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> just, women were already voting.
1: Yeah, they were. Well, but the point is that but we don't like it. That we don't like it. And we're going to say that we don't like it.
0: I don't like it, sir. I <laughs> don't like <laughs> just, it at all.
1: What the hell, would they think man? it was going to go back? I don't know. <laughs> what were they waiting for? <laughs> I don't know. That's just perplexing as all hell to me. We we work together. Men and women work together. And if you're left alone, you, you do the job you need to do, whether it's a man's job or a woman's job. You do what needs to be done. We're humans. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Human beings.
0: Yeah, there you go. Impressive See, stuff. Women can do stuff.
1: <laughs> women can do things. Well,
0: look like that. Ron
1: Burgundy's guess, just going to have to get over. it. I don't
0: have it in front of me, but the 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 ladies on the the moon program, the the lunar Oh, yeah, yeah. They kept them quiet. And Absolutely. not only were they women, but they were also women of color. Yes. And and they just buried that. You know that I know.
1: I, and see again, okay, but th- so what but is there that? you go?
0: That's men who are in charge of the information.
1: Yeah, but again, what are they afraid of? What has man through the centuries been afraid of if women are strong? Because not all men are afraid of that. Many men thrive with a partner.
0: Everyone knows who, women can beguile men.
1: <laughs> so it's it's the religious part?
0: No, it's it's witchcraft.
1: It's which
0: witchcraft. That's right. Voodoo <laughs> <is>. voodoo punanny. <laughs>
1: uh, all right. Well, I guess I don't know. we're oh. not gonna solve those issues today. No, we're not. You know what? Men and women are awesome. They can be wonderful. And mostly. Then there's that other dark side to men and women. Yes. yes. So I choose to look on the bright side, but I do not ignore, I do not ignore the reality that, you know, my
0: advice, my advice is, uh, you know, become friends with somebody before you marry them. That's always my, Oh, advice. We've already, yeah, we've given that advice. Yes. Before. And I'll continue giving yes. it forever.
1: Well, trust that you, you recognize, you're going to know the person. Well, yeah. Trust that, you know, how they're going to react and behave time and experience. Yep. Because if yep, you yep, can't yep. guess what your person's going to do from one minute to the next, you need to get out. Out. That means after a period of time and experiences, you're still uncertain how they're going to react to things, and, yes. and that's scary and, me.
0: And ladies, ladies. Be- become self-actualized before you give up your life.
1: Yeah, that's <laughs> one of the few compliments you've ever paid to me directly. What's that? That you said that when we first met, you, you l- fell for me because I was already, like— I don't know that you used you the were word f- self-actualized. Maybe you used a different Independent. Word. Independent. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, I just realized that you didn't, well, first we were friends first, but I had seen that you didn't need, like you were not looking for a person. Oh, God, no. You know, and, no. it, and it wasn't like a concern for you. No. And you were. You in, could have stayed
1: you, or gone. I didn't care. Yeah,
0: you're, you were independent. You were able to do stuff.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was those ladies, yes. You know.
0: And and so yeah, it, because that that just
1: you found that attractive. Yeah. Oh, when you were 20.
0: Yeah, because you're not you, you weren't searching for something. You weren't like searching for a thing to make
1: me feel m- yeah. make
0: you happy, you know? And no. so there you go. Yeah.
1: Okay. And and I
0: wasn't searching either. So
1: No, we just talked. Yeah. Yeah, a lot. Yep. And here we are. 30 plus years later talking into a can still talking <laughs> talking to you guys out there <laughs> they forget we have a community
0: yeah that's right i hope All they're right, doing kids. well i hope and, they're sandbagging
1: uh, picking things up off the ground hope
0: you stay dry hope everything works out uh if you've lost your dog as apparently a lot of people have recently I go hope you get them. them
1: they're gonna need you
0: that's right
1: your puppies and
0: need you. uh let's your kitties see need
1: you too well the cat your cats will do yeah, all right.
0: And uh, just a uh, quick entertainment uh, news: uh, the third season <laughs> of What We Do in the Shadows has started. And <laughs> yes, it has. If you have not
1: oh, Nando indulged
0: yourself with What We Do in the Shadows, oh my god, it's one of the best written comedies in a long time.
1: And, and I'm going to give one more plug to something as odd as I've ever seen. Oh. On FFX? Yeah, FXX? FXX. On Hulu. Yeah.
0: Troll.
1: It's, it's a little thing called Troll. It's only like <laughs> two or three minutes long. There's 10, maybe episodes, 10 episodes. Maybe 30
0: minutes total yeah. for, the, for the 10 episodes. Troll. And yeah, it's odd.
1: Yeah, but, but interesting. It, but if you've
0: ever wanted to see a troll, go through therapy. Troll. Troll.
1: Fxxfxx,
0: F-X-X. Not, not trolls.
1: No, troll. No, just troll. And odd. Yes, it's not a cartoon. No, it's not. No, it's it's real. And it's amusing. it's real life. <laughs> it's, it's real life. It is real life. Troll. <laughs> it, well, trolls are everywhere. Oh yeah.
0: They're on the internet. You know what
1: I want? I want a woman troll now. A trollette? No. I don't like all that et business.
0: <laughs> a trollette sounds too close to Toilet. Toilet. <laughs> toilet.
1: Toilette. Toilette. you got to say That's just
0: it, say it the twal. right way. It's a troll.
1: You need to talk to your community and say goodbye.
0: I guess we could do that. All right. One more time. Uh, email com, Phone number 337 502
1: you got it, buddy. There we
0: go. And uh hope everybody has a great week. Yeah. Uh, and we'll be back again at some point in the future. Yeah, we here. will.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and, There's a lot of stuff out there in the Gulf or in the, <laughs> in, in the swirling Atlantic around. swirling around. And, so you can be sure we'll be back with you.
0: And y'all take care. Bye. Bye-bye.